This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Oh, what a Monday. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is May 2nd. Happy May. It is going to be May. Wherever and however you're connected, great <laughs> you to have sing you with it, us. Though. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who loves boy bands. Also, <laughs> he's still waiting for his call to the National Football League, Jason Shepard. Yes, and uh, hopefully while I was uh, checking into my flight tomorrow, I didn't miss a phone call. Look, here's the thing. <laughs> like my, my phone number has not changed, so I'm just going to assume that uh, the NFL teams are just a little bit behind. Uh-huh. My phone number's not changed. It's, it's still the same. I'm still waiting for the call. It's right here. I've not turned it off, so uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe sometime during the show, the phone will ring. Oh, you don't have Andy Reid on speed dial? Well, that's <laughs> between Andy and me. Um, I don't want to say that I may be the one that tips the scales on who to draft and who to sign, but I'm also not saying it. Okay. I'm also not not saying it. I can guarantee you that, oh, your phone's ringing right now. Oh, no. Uh, okay, I'm going to assume. All right, I'm going to put this on speaker, too. All right, here we go. Oh, no, he hung up. Oh, man. It was our producer, Ben Bagley. <laughs> but he's well a Raider played. fan. I wouldn't want to play for the Raiders well, anyway. Well played, Ben. Hey, <laughs> wow. Andy Reid, the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs and longtime BYU fan, would approve of today's show lineup, which is highlighted by one of his favorite guys, the current BYU football head coach, Kalani Satake in studio to discuss a handful of new changes to his staff, some new positions, and some promotions. Is this the beginning of the Big 12 expansion to the BYU football support staff? We'll talk about it. Speaking of the Big 12, is there a chance no divisions will happen in conference when BYU enters? Mm. It's getting strange. Plus, the swaggiest minivan in Provo, two more departures from the BYU basketball roster, and four different Cougars get their next-level shot. They got actual phone calls from NFL teams. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Tyler Algier was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in the fifth round of the NFL draft over the weekend. Algier is the fifth highest drafted running back in program history. Good luck to Tyler in the ATL. Now, several other Cougars signed undrafted free agent contracts, including Samson Nakua with the Indianapolis Colts, James Empey with America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, and Neil Pau with the Buffalo Bills. Are they still America's team? Look, they still say that. So I'm going to say yes. Classic Dallas move. More football headlines. As mentioned, Kalani Satake announcing some changes to his football support staff. Namely, John Swift will become the chief of staff. He's running a cabinet there. Is Kalani the president? (laughs) He sure is. Billy Nixon is the director of football operations. He's done an incredible job with BYU equipment. I imagine his role will still continue there to some degree, but he's the director of football ops. Jack DeMooney, the director of football relations, and Justin Anderson back after six years with Bronco Mendenhall at Virginia. Now that that staff is disbanded, he is the director of player personnel. So it'll be good to have Justin back in Pro Bowl. And a few more for you, some familiar names as well. Brandon Bradley has been named the director of campus experience. Mike Hall is the director of player development. 
Josh Hewitt is the director of equipment operations for football. Coming so, from UNLV, did an amazing job there. Yep, excited to see what he can do with the uh, with the equipment and the uniforms and all that fun stuff. Dan Wilcox has been named the director of football sports performance and nutrition. Those are some of the new hires and some of the names involved. We will uh, delve into this a little bit more when the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, joins us coming up in our next segment. And yes, because I know many of you are wondering, it is the Mike Hall that played basketball yes. for BYU and delivered arguably the greatest, most memorable dunk in Marriott Center history. It was fantastic. It was unbelievable. Against Air Force, right? Yes. yes. 2004. Oh, my goodness. Now we're on the basketball beat. Seneca Knight, BYU forward, has entered the transfer portal. Averaged 7.4 points per game, 3.4 rebounds per contest last season. This is going to be Seneca's fourth different team in his collegiate career. Gavin Baxter, you saw this news come out on Friday, commits to playing at Gulp, Utah next season. Averaged 6.6 points per game, was grabbing just under three rebounds per game. He was making a huge difference for BYU early in the season before he underwent uh, another surgery due to a season-ending injury. You know what? Gavin is such a good kid and has had such a, a rough career with injuries. I just want him to stay healthy. That's that's the thing. I just want him to stay. I don't care where he's playing. Just stay healthy. Wish all the best for Gavin. Yep. Baxter. Hopefully he can stay healthy and be able to get one season and uh, be able to see it through because we know the type of talent he has. Yeah, so, we yep. love Gavin. We love his family. They yep. have significant BYU ties. Just stay healthy. Go do your thing, my friend. Amen. Three school records fall in track and field over the weekend. Uh, distance medley relay women's record at the Penn Relays, a 4 by 800 meter relay and the women's 4x100 at the Desert Heat Classic. It's the fifth school outdoor record of the season. Just doing work. This is why they're now a perennial top 10 team, Jason. Right. Ed Stone, he's running an incredible program alongside Dil G. Taylor. BYU softball sweeps Santa Clara over the weekend. Three different final scores, three different, very different games. 20-1 to one in the first game, then 3-2 to two and 4-2 to two to close out what became a really, really dramatic series. Now, of note, during the 20 to one win on Friday, BYU broke a long-standing record for most runs in a single inning, scoring 13 runs in the fourth inning in game one of that series. Do you remember how long that inning lasted? It, honestly, I asked, I was like, I don't even know. It had to be almost an hour. Oh my goodness. It had to be almost an hour. It wow. was crazy, like, wow. like 50 minutes or something like that. Nuts. Very, very, pretty insane. But here's the here's the good thing. BYU softball has bounced back from the disappointing loss to LMU and has really gotten on a roll. Yeah, they don't know if they're going to win the conference. They need some help there, yep. but they're pacing for a tournament position. Baseball salvaged a game against San Francisco on the road, beating the Dons 12-4 on Saturday. Jacob Wilk had four hits, including a grand slam in that victory. I believe that's now three grand slams okay. for the Cougars this okay. season. BYU's at Cal State Fullerton tomorrow, and then at Pepperdine Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, it hurts to lose that series against San Francisco 2-1, yeah. to one, but we'll see what happens at Pepperdine. BYU men's golf finishes 12 under par as a team to finish second in the West Coast Conference Championships. They await a regional berth in the NCAA tournament. Cole Ponich 
finished five under par all by his lonesome to finish tied for fourth individually. Ashley Hatch scores her first goal of the season, helping the Washington Spirit to a 2-1 season opener victory over O.L. Rain. Had to look it up. They're in Seattle. Oh, if you want to see that goal, just go to my Twitter account. It was unbelievable. An excellent use of the noggin by Ashley Hatch. <laughs> Very nice. Zach Daw recorded a tackle to help Bronson Kafusi. Or is it Corbin Kafusi? I can never keep them straight. And the Tampa Bay Bandits beat the Houston Gamblers 27-26. Michael Rucker pitched two innings, allowing two runs, but striking out six in a Cubs 9-1 loss to the Milwaukee Brewers on Saturday. Also, Daniel Schneeman in the minors went two for five with a home run in an Akron Rubber Ducks 4-1 win over the Altoona Curve. Yes, I'm confirming that it is Corbin Kafusi. Bronson was written in my script, it is Corbin. So I actually got something right, Jason. There you go. Very nice. Women's rugby wins the Speaking CR... Speaking of getting something right, how about this? Yes. Wins the CRAA Division I Spring National Championship game, topping Virginia Tech 80-7. to seven. So they eked it out. 80-7. Yeah. to seven. <laughs> Wow. Congratulations to BYU Women's Rugby. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. About it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Jason, we just went through a wealth of big-time storylines over the weekend. It's 10 headlines today. Let's recap a few of them and ask everybody, what was the biggest story from this weekend in BYU sports? Before you answer, Jason, again, a few of the headlines. Tyler Algier becomes the third BYU running back in the NFL in the last five years. Now, Tyson Williams was an undrafted free agent. Jamal Williams was drafted in the fourth round back in 2017. Algier goes in the fifth round, 151st overall to the Falcons. BYU's got three running backs in the NFL with Algier now joining the Falcons. Empi Nakua and Pau also sign as part of that NFL fund. Seneca Knight in the transfer portal. Gavin Baxter going to Utah, so two more positions open up for BYU basketball. There are four scholarships available for Mark Pope now to work with. And the Big 12. Yeah, we didn't even mention this in the headlines. This is wild. Dennis Dodd revealing that the Big 12 is taking a breath on splitting into divisions. It might not happen. Yeah, and there's there's a, a pretty big reason why. Uh, okay, so I'm going to answer this question two ways. The immediate biggest story because it it was the story over the weekend is the NFL draft. So I'm so Tyler Algier being drafted is is the biggest story immediately. I think the biggest story though overall and in terms of what it means is probably the Big 12 waiting on the divisions. And we knew and we I think I even referenced this last week that we would know in a month what the divisions would be because we knew that the ADs and everybody in the Big 12 were going to be getting together in Phoenix. Sure. I, I guess I kind of had forgot that it was actually this week. Mm. I thought it was a little bit later on in the month, but it, it was this week. They had planned to get together, and they were going to go over all these decisions in terms of what the divisions were going to look like and how many games you're going to play. Is it going to be a nine-team division that you play? So all of these things were going to be determined this week. And then Dennis Dodd comes out with the article yesterday that – it may no it may no longer be necessary okay. to have divisions in order to play a championship game. And so the reason that you played a championship game was so that you could be part of the college football playoff. That's why you played the championship yes. game. And this was a deal when the Big 12 was looking at expanding in 2016 because Correct. they were hoping the Big 12 yes. 
that they would get a waiver and not have to add two teams so that they would then split into divisions. And they did get that waiver from the NCAA saying, you know what, Uh, just hold a championship game. Yes. But you don't have to split into divisions. But once you, the rules say that once you get to above 10, then you have to, then you have to split into divisions. Yes. That is now being discussed on whether or not that's still going to be the case. So what was interesting in reading the article from Dennis Dodd was he was going into the fact that all of this work, there's been a subcommittee that had been working on this for months and putting all this together to be able to get decisions made this week. And now all that may be obsolete because they may not have to do it. So they're, it's almost like they're scrapping everything and like, well, wait, maybe, maybe we don't have to do divisions after all. So for me, I think that's the biggest story. Now, that's interesting, but how will that impact BYU and their chances? Is it better for BYU to get into a division or is it kind of a moot point? Because now you're all in just one jumble and then you go and you play a championship game and it's or, or whatever. Maybe it's a moot point, but... Look at this scenario. And we've seen this. You know, you split into divisions. They try and make it as equal as possible. But usually you have one division that eventually sort of rises to the top. And it's kind of like the division you say, okay, this is the tougher division. Okay. So, you know, if let's say, you know, if you're BYU, you, maybe you get into what's perceived the, the easier division. Does that give you a, a better chance of winning that division and being one of those two teams that plays for the championship? Or if you're in the other one, the one that's perceived the, the tougher division, you know, then obviously it's the opposite. Whether when you're putting everybody together, I do like the idea, though, that you're putting the teams that have earned the two best records in the conference, the opportunity to play for championship game. I think those are the two things you're weighing in terms of do you want a division set up or do you not? I just hate the idea of a rematch. I hate the I hate that. And so I didn't like that when the Big 12 got their waiver and could play you know, a nine-game schedule with all ten teams, and then you were watching a rematch happen again. I just didn't like that. I, I like the idea of, okay, you you might not have played each other in the regular season, okay? Here's what I want. I just want whatever situation is going to set BYU up to be in the best situation, <laughs> that's what I want. Biggest story of the weekend right now, recency bias, yes. Absolutely, Tyler Algier getting drafted. Again, three running backs in the NFL out of BYU in the last five years, which is fantastic. Cannot wait to see what he does. And the Falcons just relieved Mike Davis, which now betters Tyler Algier's position. Not the former Cougar. No, some significant (laughs) playing time. Cordero Patterson is going to be the guy for the Falcons. Now Tyler could legitimately be the number two. It's a really good fit for him. It really is. Fantastic stuff. All right. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. You answer the question, what's the biggest BYU sports story this weekend? Hit it. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. We gave you four options in our poll question. 67% of you, not surprisingly, saying Tyler Algier drafted is the biggest story. Night to transfer is tied with Big 12 division news. And again, we haven't even really talked about the basketball scenario, but Mark Pope's got four scholarships to work with, and this is just another departure. It is kind of the Wild West right now in the BYU roster shakeup on the basketball side. All right, our first response from Thomas Gordon on Twitter. He said, I'd say the biggest story was Algier getting drafted, but probably more interesting to me was finding out where the undrafted free agents got to go. I'm really happy to see Nakua, Empey, and Pau at least getting a chance in the NFL, hashtag BYUSN. I expect uh, Uncle Jack DeMooney to get that Neil Powell Bills jersey real quick. 
I know he has Neil on speed dial for that. Hey, what's up, man? Oh boy. Hey, Spence. I love I love Jack. All right, coming up, could BYU football blow out a big-name opponent this year? One projection thinks so. Okay. And the head football coach, Kalani Satake, will join us to discuss some new football moves on his staff and recap the big draft weekend we were just talking about. What does he think of the fit for Tyler in Atlanta, this BYU Sports Nation? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. You know this you this new thing YouTube. Uh, BYU yeah, Sports yeah. Nation has its own YouTube channel. Uh, get all the interviews as well as BYU Sports Nation right now episodes by subscribing to and sharing. The BYU Sports Nation YouTube channel. For a second, when you started that sentence, I thought you were going to bust out your Donald Trump impersonation and say, huge, huge. <laughs> we are live this in is Studio a huge B. Show. It is a fantastically huge show. We're live in Studio B with your day to day BYU Sports play by play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. And highlighting this big show is the head football coach at BYU, Kalani Satake. Welcome back, coach. Excitement yeah, with good some. To see uh, you. Yeah, some new changes to your staff. We went through all those off the top of the show. Um, would love to hear your uh, your reaction to having all of this finalized and, and increasing your support staff for BYU football. Well, change is good. And um, so there's always hope that Shep will one day gritty for us. <laughs> oh! <laughs> did did you see my gritty? I saw that. I was think? impressed. What yeah. did you think? That was really nice. But don't, don't you. you think that I respect the gritty enough to not no, do its, its damage? It's, all about effort and energy. Okay. That's all. <laughs> I, I've been called out by the coach. I, yeah, will, that, I, will, I will do it. Give this. it some thought. Anyways, okay, yeah, right. in regards to the hires and uh, the new positions, you know, we um, – I think this is kind of a wave of, of hires and things that need to be done. Um, when Tom mentioned the – what we're going to try to do, prep, prepping for the Big 12, and uh, we've had a, a great support staff, but uh, looking at, at the things that John Swift and, and Jason IU and Jack DeMooney had to do, uh, it just spread way far too thin, and uh, it would be the equivalent of uh, just the coordinators um, and, and myself being the coaches and not having assistant coaches. And so now we're adding um, players uh, to to the mix as far as uh, staff members that, that can um, allow our guys to collaborate with other people but also share in the responsibilities. And then looking for opportunities to – highlight and even be more impactful and more efficient as a staff overall. That's the key, and, and this is a, a wave of hires that we've made, and, and we're looking forward to adding more uh, support staff and, and more parts to our, our coaching staff that's going to allow us to be more efficient and, and work effectively in 2022 season and also going forward into yeah. the Big 12. Well, and it's like everybody's so excited about the future and where the program's going and the, and the move to the Big 12. And these are one of those things that kind of helps make it feel more real. It's some of those things that are in the works and happening as you look to make that jump in a year. Yeah, definitely. And and I think the, um, I mean, it's, it's what everybody else is doing, you know, and I think there's a, there's some parts where you, you, we do what we do because we're BYU, and we're always going to be unique and have our own competitive advantages. But this is some things that need to happen in order for us to work uh, with our players, and, and and all these men are going to be involved in, in uh, you know, just being in, uh, connected to it and mentoring our players. That's a, the main thing is to give our players the best experience that they possibly can. And um, when we had a smaller support staff, it got to the point where we needed to borrow. 
our equipment manager in, in Billy Nixon up to, to do some things for us with our, our campus experience and, and our players' experience. And so now um, I, I feel like we're, we're in a better situation with, with the new guys coming on and, um, and then looking forward to making more hires. I, I mean, for, for me, I, I don't have all the answers, but I guarantee we can get a group of people that, that can help our program uh, be a lot better than what we've been already, and we've been pretty good so far. Kalani Satake, the head football coach at BYU, is on BYU Sports Nation. I was hanging out with Billy in his office, in his old office now, down in the equipment room last Friday, and uh, got a heads up that this was happening. How will his responsibilities change? Because I know some BYU fans are like, no, he did such an incredible job with the equipment and the uniform releases and the unveils and like all this. How, how is his role going to shift? Well, he'll still be uh, involved with that part. and It would just be now that... Um He's not going to be doing a lot of the hands-on stuff in the equipment room. We, we hired Josh to do that, you sure. know, and and and, uh, and he's gonna he's right in line with what Billy does. Billy was involved in in making that hire, and, and so uh, all all the different positions, uh, we we looked into it and we interviewed a bunch of people and great candidates, and uh, these these are the ones that I feel like are going to help us the most, especially with this uh, first wave of hires. You know, I think there's a good foundation to build it on, and. Uh, we'll see what else we can add from it. I'm, I'm trying to ask for as many as we can, <laughs> yeah. possibly. You know, I just that's uh, I want to incorporate a, a, a team full of wonderful people that can help us, uh, you know, fly fly higher than we've been before. A lot of great names on that. For the record, Billy's built enough helmets. He's built enough helmets. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think this is, and 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 I think um, it's utilizing everybody to the fullest and and getting the most out of all our staff members. I've been really thankful for the. The, the work that, that the support staff has done for us in the past, including Billy and Jason and Jack and, and John. And now it it, it um, relieves them for a lot of responsibilities, but it also allows them to focus on and hone in on, on just mastering their their craft and and uh, finding a purpose and in, in, um, looking at better ways to, you know, to magnify their jobs. Speaking of getting the most out of people, I would say uh, Tyler Algier. You got the most out of him during his time at BYU, and uh, what a great weekend for him uh, to be drafted in the fifth round. And and we were talking about this when when you actually look into it. Like you're going to be happy getting drafted anywhere, but this is, looks like a really really good fit with a great opportunity for Tyler Algier with the Falcons. What what did you make of him being drafted there? Yeah, I think it's a great fit. And and when you get to the NFL, it's it's really trying to get through the. Um, Make the team have a purpose and then and a role and then get to that next contract and that's I think he's set up in a great position now with with the Falcons and um, their style of offense fits uh, what he does and his strengths and then I think he'll be able to do so many different things but he has a great attitude he he can play anything he played defense obviously and he'll have a, a great role with with them on special teams and I know a lot of coaches love having a player that's versatile and can do a lot of different things especially helping out in special teams. He's obviously incredible at finding the hole, making the cut, and going. And within zone schemes, you're right, it looks like a good fit with the Falcons. Why do you feel like uh, schematically he, he is going to indeed fit with the ATL and have a really good opportunity to make an impact on that team? Yeah, I think his style of running the ball is going to fit perfectly. and The way they utilize their running back in the passing game as well. And then I think that just because he can play special teams, he's going to add more to it. And, um, you know, when you have a 53-man roster, you have to use different people in different spots. And so he's a guy that's open to do that. He has a uh, history, a resume of playing on both sides of the ball. 
Uh, I just think that he can find the end zone better than a lot of people, and I think that's going to be huge for uh, the Falcons using him in the red zone and, and, and being able to work with the, the core, the running back core that they already have right now. There's a long history of guys that signed undrafted free agent contracts that made it into the NFL and not just got on a roster but made an impact. What do you think of the three uh, – Samson, you had James Empey, and then Neil Pau. Uh, what do you think of their chances uh, at the next level? Yeah, I think, I think just the fact that they were able to pick their, their, um, their team, when you get towards the end of the draft and sometimes – uh, guys would rather have the uh, luxury of being a free agent because then you're going to have three or four teams to choose from, and you can pick the situation that's going to be more beneficial for you making the team. And I think all three of these uh, young men had that opportunity going into the decision-making process, and I think that uh, you know these programs, uh, these franchises are going to be really happy that they got these guys there. And, and it, all, it all depends on staying healthy and working through fall camp, but – all those, all those guys are versatile too. You look at James. James could play any position on the O line. Uh, when you can, you have a guy that can play. And I talked about the 53-man roster, an O lineman that can play center, guard, and tackle. That you, you need that on your depth. And then you're looking at, at, at the things that Samson and, and Neil do. The big, big, tall, lengthy receivers that all, all, uh, all those guys have played a number of games. But uh, Neil and, and Samson can play special teams as well. I know we, we've talked to you, and we, when we had Chad on, Chad Lewis last week, kind of asked him a, a question in terms of what type of questions scouts ask about these players. Uh, I'm curious, whether it's you or anybody on the staff, once the draft starts, do you guys still get phone calls about guys, like you maybe hear from a team, like you were thinking about maybe taking this guy at this pick? Well, do you still get calls during the draft about guys? Yeah, a little bit, and, and it's more just – because the draft is you can't predict. I think most people can predict maybe the first round and a half. After that, it, it just it just it's kind of go down your list, and sometimes a, a list will go further. I, I didn't know quarterbacks were going to be that uh, thin in the draft, yeah. especially on the first uh, two days, you know. But um, you look at it, and 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 they have to make adjustments, and sometimes they'll reach out and call us and talk to us, and we're always going to be supportive of our boys, you know. But uh, most of the talking happens before the draft, and even sometimes afterwards. A big summer awaits you before a huge schedule that we're obviously really excited about opening up in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. Maybe Tom Brady will be there, Jason. I don't know. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> I don't know. Because you're the NFL guy. Uh, <laughs> but obviously there's a lot to be done this summer. Um, it starts with your staff. What do you want your guys to do this offseason that maybe they haven't done before, or is it just maintaining what they've been doing before in, in previous offseasons to keep this high level going? Yeah, I, I just met with the, the uh, defensive players. Um, I'll meet with the offense in probably 45 minutes or okay. so and, and, and uh, just discuss a couple of things, our, uh, the expectations that I have of them. And, and most of it is for them to take care of each other and, and uh, to get better as a team. And, and, and a lot of that is a team camaraderie, but also the team chemistry. Uh, the older guys teaching the, the younger guys uh, how to do it and uh, the scheme, the, the, the increasing our football IQ on the team and, and finding ways to increase our uh, opportunities to learn and to love each other, you know, and love what you get to do here. I, th I think this is the time where Nobody gets to see these guys running stadium stairs and all that stuff right now, but this is where you build the the tough part of, of the sacrifices that's going to take, that's going to require for you to, to actually perform better in the fall. And 
and we need to find ways to stay healthier as a team. That that that's uh, physically, uh, mentally, and, and try to find better ways to to just be a healthy overall team. And and that happens in the off-season conditioning, and it happens with connection and, and everybody being able to help each other out. There was a chance that we may have had an idea of what Big 12 divisions were going to look like this week, but now there was a report that divisions may not necessarily uh, be necessary moving forward. How involved in that type of stuff are you, or is it kind of Tom kind of handles it and just keeps you up to date? How, how do you handle that? Yeah, that's Tom's um, department. And then I know we have uh, Big 12 spring uh, coaches meetings coming up. You know. Is that wild for you? Is that uh, wild? Not- I'm always looking forward to find ways to get better, and there's a lot of things I can learn in in these meetings from a lot of great people that are bright minds, and and so I, I sit there and try to soak it in as much as possible. And uh, but I, I'm focused on the on the season th- this fall, and we have a number of seniors that this is their last season going into and uh, ending their careers. So I want to make sure that they get all my energy and all my focus. Uh, I know I'll be in these meetings. I don't know how much I'll be saying or how much I'll be speaking, but I'll be listening and just trying to prepare for it but it'll be good to see all the other coaches there and then kind of it's kind of fun to, to be in connected and seeing everyone but uh I, I can't wait for for football season Kalani Satake the BYU head coach is on BYU Sports Nation I want to ask you about your quarterback Jaron Hall he technically has two years of eligibility remaining and I joked with him hey have you thought about being the guy that takes BYU into the Big 12 and he's like well I'll cross that bridge when it comes to that but I mean I'll it looks like he's going to be a guy that's going to be slated for the NFL next year. Um, what makes him, or I guess in your opinion, why do you feel like he has a chance to be what many are projecting a first or second round pick after this upcoming season? Well, I think he, he's not the only one in that, in that, um, that has that situation where he could possibly leave. And I think for, um, for me, it's just seeing him, uh, you know, graduate, get his degree, and then we'll see what happens afterwards. But, uh, the focus has to be, and I think he's doing the right thing when he tells you he's just worried about this season. Uh, that's all we need to worry about. And and, and when you start thinking about the future, uh, you, uh, sometimes entitlement and uh, you start to lose a little bit of humility. And that guy's all humble. So he's, he's going to be focused on this year. And let's let's do whatever we can as a program to make it really hard for him uh, later on in December to make a decision, you know. But until then, let's let's just keep focusing on this season. And I think that um, we have a number of guys that that have will have an extra year of eligibility. Yeah. Um, but you know, I like to have them all back still. But uh, we can't really worry about that. If if, if we want to, if they really want to move on and play in the NFL. The, the better teams, that when you have a great year, they get drafted. That's I what guess happens. it's a good problem to have, right? right? Yeah. Well, you want to you want to get drafted, do what Georgia did, yeah. right? And they got a bunch <laughs> of guys drafted. So that's how, that's how you that's how you get drafted. You win as a team and you go together, and yeah. that's got to be the focus. And teams that focus on this year will will get it done. The ones that worry about the future um, before actually taking the first step, they're going to find out really. Uh, a tough way that it doesn't work that way. Look, and I love the fact that you you don't shy away from saying you want to put guys in the NFL. If, if it's their dream and they're good enough to do it, you want to help them achieve that goal. We were having this discussion last week heading into the draft. Obviously, this year you had the one, and that's kind of what we expected going in. The year before, you have five. What's the sweet spot for you guys? Do you, do you want to have like a certain number? Like you feel like if we can have two or three, or is there a number like that that you feel year in and year out? If you can produce th- that number of NFL guys, how that reflects on the program? Um, I, I don't. 
I don't know about a number other than I just want to get them all drafted. I want. I said before that I want. I think the NFL needs more BYU guys uh, in the league, and uh, I'm going to do everything I can to help them get there. It's their dream, right? Uh, uh, I think everybody talks about graduating from here one day. Um, no one, you know, not like we sit there and check up on their GPA. So uh, as long as they're making progress to graduation, there's a way that you can progress to to making it to the NFL as well. And so. Uh, my job is to make sure that it fits in line with what they're doing as a, as a uh, member of their family, uh, their friend. I mean, it, it's all got to be, you got to be well balanced, but uh, there's nothing wrong with putting goals out there and, and speaking it and, and making sure that you put it out in the universe and trying to make it come, make it a real, a real reality. But before you leave, uh, we need to ask you about your summer plans. Any vacation upcoming? I know you've got. Uh, you went to Disneyland before the last, did, last yeah. time you, you were got here. Disneyland you went to in Disneyland. the rear view mirror. Yeah, it was, it was a. a Last second decision to go to Disneyland, and I'm glad I got to see a bunch of BYU fans there. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, we got a baby coming in, in July, yes. so I'm not. And, and you know, we have uh, three other other children that we need to take care of, and we have one that's graduating. And so um, I have to train my 11 year old and get him ready for football. You know, all that stuff. So uh, just gonna be a dad and and be a coach and have a lot of fun. But um, just looking forward to it. it. Just as time goes by. We're getting closer to the season. I'm, I'm really, really getting. I mean, just the the excitement is starting to grow. Did you get on Rise of the Resistance? Were you able to go on that ride? No, I. I well, I, I mean, I don't. I love Disneyland. I don't really care for the rides all that much. <laughs> um, but I'll do it if my kids ask me to, and then sure. you know, try to rep the Y in the pictures You're for, for kids. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about, okay. right? right? I mean, we said that the, the masters were for you yourself if you want to be selfish. Yes. But if it's about the family and the kids, you go to Disneyland. Yeah. I was, I selfish, was, you go into the masters. He was all about the family going yeah. to Disneyland. Yeah. Trust me, I, I, think, I think there's a way you could do both, guys. Kalani, the question is, do you want to be selfish with me at the Masters next year? I would love to. And, 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 uh, and then we'll go to Disneyland some other time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll gritty on our way uh, yes. up to the Masters uh, main gate. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a, like a flash mob of gritties okay. going on. We'll do that. I, I watched yours. I watched the tutorial, and then I watched yours, and I was like, okay, I got, I got to represent. Like, I, Did I you see that the creator of the gritty reached out to Sports Nation about his gritty? Really? Yeah. yeah. The he, guy. With criticism? It was laughing emojis, Five so we're not laughing, sure how to take that. Laughing until I cry emojis. <laughs> well, that's all it's about is making people happy, <laughs> yeah. right? We're not, we're not doing it to try to get a, a high score. We're doing it to, to show people that we are committed to making them smile. You got it. There yeah. you go. Yeah, we need to get you there. I saw Tavita Ofengawe and Gary Fino there. Like we, Kalani needs to be at the Masters. I, I wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Coach. Great Appreciate it, guys. Go Congratulations Kurtz. on the expanded staff. Thank you. All right, coming up, it was uh, a happening weekend in BYU sports. We break it all down coming up. More of how I'm selfish. <laughs> Plus, a way too early 2023 NFL mock draft has one Cougar going in the first round. This is BYU Sports Nation. What other things are you? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. I just feel like we need to say one more time, Kalani is the best. He is the best. So great. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> he is Joyful Jason. I am Selfish, selfish Spencer. Selfish Spencer, it works out. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. Interact with the show and get content throughout today. Follow us on our social media platforms. 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. I'm sure there will be some uh, excerpts from the interview we had with Kalani Satake. With that in mind, let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. All right, which of the free agent signees, and we mentioned the three, James Empey, Neil Pau, Samson Nakua, which of the free agent signees do you think will have the biggest impact on their team this year? I'm going to go with James Empey just because I think he has versatility to play a bunch of different spots on the offensive line. In fact, Kalani just talked about that. James doesn't have to just be a center. His versatility will serve him well in trying to make a roster. I think he at least gets onto a practice squad. I think he's going to have the biggest impact. Yeah, see, look, I have nothing to base this on except of just going with my gut. For whatever reason, I just feel like Neil Pau with Buffalo makes a whole lot of sense. And I don't know if it's special teams, but his size as a receiver, like they they just want as many weapons as they possibly can to surround Josh Allen. For for whatever reason, I just feel like that's a really, really good fit for him. So I'm going to say Neil Powell. You know what's going to happen now? It's going to be Samson Nakua (laughs) with his energy because – to Samson's credit, that dude is an absolute dog. He is a gamer, and he he relishes the opportunity to go and prove people wrong. Well, and so. his personality is going to allow him to stand out, and you can't ignore that part of it as well. People are going to gravitate yes, towards Samson. Yes, that matters. That matters. All three of them got a good shot. Yeah. I'll give the nod probably to James just because of his offensive line experience. All right. Speaking of offensive linemen, Jason, Blake Freeland is a projected first-round pick in next season's draft. 21st overall, says 24-7 Sports. Will BYU have two guys drafted in the first two rounds next year if he joins, let's say, Jaron Hall? Yeah, look, um, right now, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes right now. Now, we'll see how the season goes. We'll see who ultimately declares for the draft. But I'm going to say, yes, the BYU will have two players drafted within the first two rounds. Wow. I guess it's not that crazy. It's not that crazy. Look, and we don't even, we're talking about Blake Freeland and Jaron Hall. We have no idea if there may be even more in the mix by the time the season plays out. Well, BYU did it last year. Zach Wilson in the first round and Brady Christensen in the third round. So they had two in the first three rounds. I tend to lean kind of that direction that, you know, Jaron and Blake probably go in the first three rounds. But it's not it's not crazy to say that both go in the top two rounds. I mean, the hype is good. They're yeah. playing for a team that is one back-to-back, had back-to-back double-digit win seasons. Like, BYU's probably going to be ranked in the preseason. That stuff matters. Yeah. The interesting thing for in terms of quarterbacks for next year, the quarterback depth is much greater next year than it was in this draft. This, this year's draft class in terms of quarterbacks was not considered to be one of the better ones. Sure. There will be a lot more high-profile quarterbacks entering the draft next year. Oh, just maybe. And that, in, that includes likely Jaron Hall. Just maybe that uh, encourages Jaron to stick around for one more year in the Big 12. All right, it's uh, it's come to that part of the show, uh, the Big Game Boomer portion of our program. (laughs) Uh, He has BYU over Notre Dame in his top 40 projected blowouts in college football this season. What would you consider a blowout win, by the way? Uh, Probably three scores. Yeah, see, for me, some people say it's two scores. I don't consider that a blowout. It's a nice win. Yeah. But for me, 
it's three scores. That's that's where I draw the line. Yeah, probably three scores. 16 or 17 points. Yeah. Like above above that. I guess technically it would have to be 17 plus, wouldn't it? Because you can score so a touchdown. And, smiling. I know. And go for two. So yeah, probably 17 or more to be a blowout. I, <laughs> I love big game boomer. I start to I'm believing more and more that he just has embraced BYU and is like a pseudo BYU fan. Yeah, because he has this as the 13th biggest blowout ranking them. It's crazy talk. It's crazy. Like that's as blue goggled of a take as there ever was to say that BYU is going to blow out Notre Dame. <laughs> I'll take a one point win for every day the rest of my life against Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't care if I it's a blowout, a one point win. No. They win on a on a safety. I don't care. I don't care if Notre Dame's one in five when BYU plays them. Like that is always going to be a tough game. That's not going to happen. Notre Dame is going to be a projected top fifteen team, if not a top ten team. They got a new coach. Blowout. Yeah, I can't. I, it's way too blue goggled for me. I can't. I can't, just can't do it. Just beat them by one. Ashley Hatch won a game by one yesterday, courtesy of an incredible header and a game winning goal for the Washington Spirit yesterday. She won the golden boot in the league last year, scoring the most goals, 10. Is she going to do it again this year, Jason? Yes, I am not going. I will never doubt Ashley Hatch being able to do something. She is elite. Uh, she scored in the season opener, and it was amazing, and it was against a pretty good team. Uh, yeah, I think that she's just pacing for back more to amazing back. things. Like, back to back. She's she's If she doesn't win it, she's going to be second or third. So, yeah, I'm with you. Win it again until she's not the top scorer she, or until she – is it the top score she is? Yep. Right. All right. Uh, this one, uh, Jacob Conover's van was spotted driving around Provo over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> more props to the wrap job on the van or to Conover for having enough game to drive the minivan. I got to give it to Jacob. Listen. That's a pretty good wrap. He's got his Arizona license plates on there. He's got his, his full BYU wrap. He has totally, he's fully invested in the minivan and the BYU wrap, Jason. More credit to Jacob Conover for just fully pull, embracing yes, the minivan. I love it. The swag level. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm all in with Swaggy him embracing minivan. the van. I love that someone's like, who is this? And he's like, haha, yep, that's me. <laughs> Ryan Rico is holding punting lessons, Jason, this summer for all ages. You want to get your boy Bo in on that? Maybe. How about, should we get Johnny Linehan signed up? What? What? Why are we taking shots at Johnny Linehan here? Why are we saying Johnny what? needs punting lessons? Why are we saying it? Uh, it's not a shot. I'm just saying, like, he he, right, he says Ryan Rico's the goat. Like, everybody should want to learn from Ryan, including Johnny, right? Uh, look, I, look, I'm I'm fine with it. This is because here's here's the thing. Ryan can hold punting lessons. Johnny can show up, and then they can just back and forth, maybe exchange some ideas. So maybe ultimately, even though Ryan Rico is amazing, yes, maybe he maybe he can go even further. <laughs> With, with the reverse tutelage from Johnny Linehan. <laughs> or he can get Johnny Linehan into a pro league. Who knows? <laughs> uh, this just in. Fantastic news. BYU Volleyball's Davide Gardini named first team All-American wow. for the third time by nice. the ABCA. He's in elite company. He joins former Cougars Ryan Millar and Taylor Sander as the only Cougars to be named first team three times. Davide, amazing work. Well earned. Congratulations. Certainly a well-deserved honor. Wow. Coming up, what does our elite voice of the day think about this weekend's news? And uh, which headline that we've discussed today is going to have the biggest impact on BYU sports moving forward? This is BYU Sports Nation. Probably your selfishness. Truly. 
Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. To get to know the players, the coaches, and some compelling fan stories, search Deep Blue on the BYU TV app today. So many unbelievable stories, including one from the man you just saw catching a pass for those watching on BYU TV in the Boise State end zone and warm-ups, Tyler Algier. Yeah, and many more to come. Working on some great ones. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation Live from Studio B. Our question of the day, what was the biggest BYU sports story this weekend? Many of you because of recency bias and because the NFL draft is such a huge deal, are going with, yes, Tyler Algier drafted. But we learned that the Big 12 Conference may not have divisions because the NCAA may not require divisions to uh, compete for... Well, or, if we, to to have a championship game, correct? Like again, so they'll stay with that. Yeah. So that you need they, a championship they, game in order to participate in the college football playoff. Correct. If you have if ten, you, yes. If you have ten or less, you needed a waiver go. in order to play a. Which championship the Big Twelve game. had. Correct. So they may just be staying with the same format, but adding more teams. But once you got above ten teams, you had to divide into divisions. Obviously, BYU. And the other schools that will join ultimately are going to be in a 12-team Big 12. I want With Texas divisions. and Oklahoma, it would be four. I do, too. I want divisions. I, I would like divisions. I, I like that idea. But they're going to go. The idea of this is you're trying to make sure you're, you're putting your conference's best foot forward and giving the top two teams with the best record the best chance sure. to advance. For the first two years, I want two seven-team divisions. You play the other six teams in your immediate division, yep. and then you play three from the other side, and then the next year you, fl- you, you play it. the other yep. three. I just think it makes way too much sense. I love it. I love the idea of the you know, division winners meeting in a championship game, and just maybe they haven't met in the regular season. I also want to, to see if they come up with any cool names for the divisions. If we don't have divisions, we can't have the opportunity of maybe having names for them. You want leaders and legends like Not the Big leaders 10? and legends. That didn't work out well for the no, Big Ten. No. <laughs> Look, let's be honest. It was going to be East and West. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what it was going to be. But still. Uh, or North and South. I, I still don't think. I, I, honestly, I just don't see that being an option. North it makes way too much sense to do East and West, which is why they won't do it, Jason. Okay? <laughs> but I don't see North and South either because then you're – everybody is going to fight tooth and nail to make sure that they have at least two games against Texas teams every year. You cannot put all the Texas teams in one division. You just can't. No, but like if you play cross divisions, like you can get your Texas games. Yeah, but you're not doing it every, well, I mean, I guess, I guess technically, I I just don't see it. I think it's East and West. Okay. So clearly, you're still on the Big 12 division news. Like that's your biggest that's, story that's coming out of the mind. I understand the recency bias and and why the immediacy was Tyler Algier because it was big. Yeah. And I, man, what a great fit if you think about it even more and more. But to me, I think that the bigger story, especially what it means moving forward, is the Big 12 news. The the, the divisions are, to division or not to division. Yeah. Biggest news in the moment: Tyler Algier getting drafted. Mike Davis. Not BYU's Mike Davis, but the Michael Davis running back for Atlanta being released, opening up a spot for him is huge, huge news. Tyler's going to get that much more of an opportunity. Uh, we've talked about the Big 12, but uh, what's BYU basketball going to do with four open scholarships, Jason? Because we're into May now, and um, I know that the transfer portal is still cooking with a bunch of people, but we're starting to see a lot of these big names pick their schools and right. do their thing. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what happens over the next couple of weeks because you you, you – 
you start to assume that some of these guys are going to now sign. So, you know, right now the news is maybe guys getting into the portal and leaving. I, I think over the next couple of weeks, the, yeah. the, the story is going to change to the guys that are now coming in. We're just, we're just getting geared up for a big summer. I'll take it, man. This is, this is good for the daily medium. Yes. This is good for the daily Can you imagine show. next summer when it's the summer before the Big 12? I, I can't imagine it. It's very exciting. Oh, it's very exciting, Jason. Cannot wait. All right. All right, coming up, which of you will get today's elite voice? And from walk-on to the NFL, today's rise and shout-out, you know who it's going to be. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Or you can download the podcast. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day. In your opinion, what was the biggest BYU sports story this past weekend? We gave you four options. The Tyler Algier draft news to the Atlanta Falcons. Seneca Knight into the transfer portal, opening up a fourth scholarship for Mark Pope and BYU basketball to work with. The Big 12 division news, meaning the Big 12 may not have divisions and will still play a championship game without divisions in order to make the college football playoff. And then free agent signees, Neil Pau, James Empey, and uh, Samson Nakua Nakua with the Indianapolis Colts. So what do you think? 63.5% of you, not surprisingly, say Tyler Algier being drafted is the biggest story. Hard to argue with that, Jason. You you put another running back in the NFL, BYO's three running backs currently in the NFL. Well, look, and we were talking about this last week. You know, we were talking, what's the best fit? We, we don't know all these rosters, but what we do know is fit is important. And this looks like a really, really good fit in terms of scheme and style, but also with the news that they released a running back today. Yes. So the opportunity is there. That's all you're asking for going into a situation like this is an opportunity to prove yourself to the to the team. It's... Cordero Patterson, and then, then it's Tyler. Like it. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Blaine Swallow on Instagram. The NFL draft is the biggest news. Seeing where Algier went was big and exciting as they don't have a dominant running back other than Cordero, Cordero Patterson. This is bigger news for this week. Everything else will be bigger news in the future as a lot more has to be sorted out. Yeah, I can, I can see that point. Today's rise and shout-out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's give it to the newest Falcon, Tyler Algier. It's got to be him, right? It's got to be Tyler. Our thanks to today's guest, Kalani Satake. Steve Young is on the show tomorrow. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout-out to Norm Dixon. See you tomorrow. BYUSN again, Steve Young.